What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Convos podcast, where we believe it's not a hard conversation, it's a heart conversation. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. What is your name? Listen, it don't matter because you are here with us today. Uh, (laughs) My name is KB, and I said that at the very, very beginning, but your name is Raffinette. I did say it. You know, you did. You said, what's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode. <laughs> I didn't say it's your girl, KB? No. Oh, Lord. This it's is what tough. happens. This is what happens when you ain't here for forever. Okay? <laughs> so so let's just... I, anyway, my name is KB. This is my amazing co-host, Raffine, who I have missed the last several episodes because we've been having special guests and some traveling and all of the things and so i am so glad to have you back to be looking at your face right now <laughs> as we record this episode um you have been so missed anyway um well forget the intro because i've i've, I've botched it twice okay great awesome um so here we are in today's episode um so listen let me just say this up front Today's episode is going to be pretty off the cuff. Um, We have plans and lists and topics, all of the things that we can talk about, um, far more than you could put in one season. However, I got a phone call from Raffine yesterday, and she said, you know, today is a very significant day. It is the anniversary of um, a very important moment in my life, and I think we should talk about it when we record tomorrow. And I said, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm pretty much down to have a heart conversation about anything. Um, but yeah, today we are going to talk about something that's pretty heavy. Um, it's pretty um, serious. And um, I'm not even going to delay anymore. We're just going to go ahead and get right into it. So in today's episode, we will be talking about abortion. I, this this topic is very uh, is a very close topic to my heart. Obviously, to Raffinay's heart, as we're going to hear her story today around the topic. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to give you a heads up. Uh, if you're listening around your children, if you're in a space where you feel like, oh, I didn't realize, like if this is the first episode that you felt like you wanted to sit with someone who's never heard the podcast before, um, just know that that's where we're going. Um, and it's going to be an incredible conversation. And so, um, without further ado, Raffinay. Take it away, take it away, take it away. What am I taking away? What am I saying right now? Well, well, how about this? Let's start, start from with. the beginning. <laughs> Maybe not the beginning. So I was born. <laughs> mm, that was in high school. So I was, when this event happened, I was a senior in high school. So this was um, 16 years ago yesterday and it's it's hard to believe that it was even that long ago i'm like how are things that have happened in my life at the point now where they're like about half of my life ago that's weird (laughs) um but anyway i was 18 years old senior in high school i was in a relationship had been for at that point probably about a year and a half, I guess. And um, I had been sick. And I didn't know why I was sick. 
I was like nauseous and here's <laughs> looking back on it it was all the typical signs of pregnancy but to my teenage mind it never even crossed came across and so I was sick and have been throwing up and like just nauseous I would go in the cafeteria and literally have to walk out because all the smells of all the different foods was just like ugh, too much to take so anyway, I worked in a pediatric office in high school because I was doing co-op. And so I talked to one of the doctors one day. I was like, yo, I've been sick. I don't know what's going on. I need some medicine. Like, this is not what's up. And so she's like, well, um, Refne, she's like, is there any potential you could be pregnant? And I was like, no. And just kind of moved on. Like, I was like, what's the next question or possibility? <laughs> because that's that's not it. Oh, Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't and, know. Let's pause. <laughs> how how does a person find themselves sexually active and it not be a possibility that you could be pregnant at any time? I don't understand. I, I, I was th- like that. No, as a teenager, you think like that couldn't happen to me. But also, like, is that I the was, mindset? Yeah, most teenagers have that mindset. Like, oh, those kinds of things won't happen to me, which is why teenagers make reckless decisions because they're like, oh, I know that it could happen to somebody, but it won't actually happen to me. Mm. Um, that's another episode, counselor that works with teenagers and has been a teenager. But anyway, I just, I just didn't, I was like, like I literally said no and moved on, like very quickly. And she kind of looked at me and she was like, so are you sexually active? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> and so she's like, so like, why don't you think it's a possibility then? And I was like, well, like I use protection and I'm very cautious and you know, all of these things. And she's like, looking at me like, no girl. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so she's, she says, Raffiné, she's like, I cannot give you any medicine until we confirm or deny if you're pregnant. Like, that's it. And I was just like, then I got, then I got scared. <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, could I be pregnant? So then I'm trying to think about when was the last time I had a cycle and all these things. And I was just like, you have got me in a place that I wasn't in. I was just like, I'm sick. I got a virus. so she proceeds to tell me like hey we can give you the test here in the office if we do one of the nurses will know the results or you can take a test at home and this was a Friday I remember this very vividly because I was going to work the next day our office was open half a day on Saturdays and so she's like do you work tomorrow and I was like I do she's like well I'll be here tomorrow so Like, if you want to do the test tomorrow, we can, or you can take it in the morning and let me know when you get to the office tomorrow. So I was like, I think I'll take it at home because there's only, like, two nurses that work here that I'm really, like, tight with that I will be comfortable with knowing the results. And when I tell you, I went to Eckert's at the time, which is, like, CVS in Texas, and um, I bought all of the tests. Digital, <laughs> not digital, <laughs> like just any test that I could find that was available. I'm like, I'm getting this one, I'm getting this one, I'm getting this one. I don't know what I thought I was about to do with all these tests, but I got all the tests and Girl. took it in the morning, like she told me, because she said that would be the best time. 
And when I tell you that thing lit up immediately and I was distraught, like I felt like my world had just come crashing down in in a matter of seconds. Um, I was literally like weeping and but I had to go to work. And it wasn't an option for me to not go to work because it was a skeleton crew on the weekends. And so I I remember taking a shower and just weeping and getting dressed and getting out of the house quickly so that I wouldn't run into my mother and she'd be like, what is wrong with you? And that was like the beginning of the journey to figuring out like, what the heck am I going to do to telling people to making a decision to terminate? Like it was, it was heavy. It was heavy. Um, yeah. I mean, I can only imagine, but absolutely. Like I think just finding out you're pregnant is a whole, is a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing as a person who um has been pregnant and just took a test the other day and it said <laughs> I was not pregnant <laughs> like it's too many emotions that just come with the with that 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 process um regardless of um how you find yourself pregnant it, again there's this moment in time I think where you're just like the possibility of you know life in your womb it's just I don't I can't explain it and I've again had several emotions around pregnancy um in my particular story and and yeah it's it's almost just like a moment in time where it, you're like holding your breath to know and then you find out and if you're anticipating and you want to be and you are there could be this elated, you know, overwhelm of excitement. Mm -hmm. Then if you, you know, are not wanting to be pregnant and you find out you are, that weeping in deep sadness and anxiety and angst and, for me, anger <laughs> the, the first time, I was like, what in the world? Absolutely not. Like, just like, I, I'm okay, you know. Um, if you want to be pregnant and you can't be you know and and seeing the no or the negative um or the not pregnant and and seeing that repeatedly because you desire to be able to bear children and for some reason you cannot um the the sadness that comes with that you know and and the discouragement and and the depressive you know like feelings um and so I just yeah it, it it's a gambit of emotion um you know, in an unfortunate scenarios where, you know, there's been abuse or some type of, you know, trauma or whatever, even in those scenarios, like it's all just, it's just a wave of emotion. So to your, to your point, I, I share those different stories um, just to kind of broaden the, the, the audience of the conversation. Cause if you're listening to this episode and you've not ever had a, an abortion, ever desired to have an abortion or have or have it like, and, and we're just talking about pregnancy or the desire to be pregnant or, you know, someone, you know, like mm -hmm. all of it, all of it sits at the table, you know, in conversations like this, I believe. And so. Um, so, yes. Heavy, 
hard. I can only imagine, um, especially at 18. I was fully in my, well into my thirties when I was <laughs> having these thoughts about pregnancy and finding out if I was, and, and it was still overwhelming. I can't imagine my 18 year old self finding out, oh my God, like I'm pregnant and I don't know what it means to be an adult. I don't know what it means to take care of someone to that degree and to be financially stable and all of the things, you know? So, so yeah. So what happens then? You know, do you tell your boyfriend? Do you tell your mom? Like what, who, who finds out next? Um, and you know, what does that journey look like? And, you know, sharing it with your community, what do those conversations look like? Those two in particular, and then how do we get to the decision to terminate? So I did tell my boyfriend that day, I called him on my way to work and I was like, I have something I need to tell you. And so he's like, what's up? Like, you know, fired up. It's Saturday morning and I'm not fired up. I'm like weeping, uh, trying to see to drive to work. And I just blurted it out. I was like, I'm pregnant. And I just remember like sobbing some more. And there was silence initially. And then just this wave of like, okay. We'll get through this. We'll talk some more about it. Where are you right now? Can we meet up right now? And I was like, I cannot meet right now. I'm literally driving to work. And so we decided. Pause. We Pause. Let's just have a shout out. This is the appropriate time for claps. Let's just shout out <laughs> your boyfriend's response that was thoughtful. Maybe that's maybe was. he was thinking in the silence, right? Like, you know, it was thoughtful. He was processing and he chose in the moment, regardless of the amount of emotion that he could have been feeling in the range of that. He was like, okay, like, let, where are you? We need to connect. Let's talk. You know, he's like, we'll get through this. Like, I'm just thankful that he wasn't like, you lying. Nah, uh, and, and it could well. Who you been with? It it ain't my like you know. It just could have it could have gone a whole different way, or he could have immediately jumped to like in an incent from an insensitive place. To, so we gonna keep it like you know what I'm saying? Like just yeah. like it could have it could have gone so many different ways. And I'm just thankful that he, in the maybe the shock of it all, was able to form his mouth to say something that felt supportive and loving versus something that could have stirred up even more sadness and anxiety and you get what I mean sure. so I just I just wanted to celebrate that because it's hard when you drop heavy things on people you know in a conversation and then they don't respond the way that you would have mm -hmm. anticipated or in a way that is helpful to you in the moment so yeah and it's on the phone so you can't like see facial expressions you like you literally are just waiting for like, what are you going to say? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I was just like, I, I think I felt some level of like comfort at a bare minimum, but still a lot of anxiety because I was like, sure. what are we about to do? Sure. And so I went on to work. He was the only person I told at that point, went on to work. 
talk to the doctor at the end of the work day. And so she was just kind of like, okay, so like, I can't give you any medicine. You don't have a virus. You haven't a, a, a kid in growing. Hence why you've been sick. And I was just like, what the heck? Like, I was not thinking about any of this until I talked to you, which makes me then like think, how long could I have gone before I was like, huh, I wonder if I should take a test, you know? But I went on through the day, worked, talked to the doctor, finally met up with the boyfriend later, and it lit- we literally just kind of sat for a while and just kind of were there with one another, not necessarily talking about anything, but I just felt this overwhelming emotion. And so he was attempting to be very supportive, which I appreciated because he was like, you know, you want me to go? I was like, my mom is going to kill me. I started going through all these things. I'm supposed to go to college in a few months. Like, there were so many things. I was getting ready to move from the city I was living in, and I just felt like my life was, like, coming to a screeching halt. And so he's like, you know, I'll go with you to talk to your mom. And I was like, are you trying to die? Like, sir, <laughs> you will not do such a thing <laughs> uh, because she does not play. And she, I mean, she already knows you once I tell her, but, like, you probably shouldn't be there if, if you want to continue to live. Correct. So, you know, we just kind of were like, okay, like, we just got to get through today and then we'll talk again tomorrow. And the next person I told was a really good friend of mine, my god sister. And she actually didn't believe me at first because she had played a really cruel joke on me like a week before or two weeks before, kidding and saying that she was pregnant. And then finally when she told me she wasn't, I was like, dude, that's not something we should play about. Like, we play about a lot of things, but let's not play about that. So then here I come calling and tell my I'm pregnant. She was like, ah, get, get, get. like girl, get off my phone. I was like, no, but this is not a joke. Um, so we met up and she made me take like three tests because remember, I have all the tests. And uh-huh. they all were like, ping, 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 ping. And she was like, oh, my God. Um, and so I kind of talked with her about, like, how do I sit down and have this conversation with my mom? I'm so scared. Like, she's going to kill me. I might not even live to have said baby. Um, and we kind of talked about it. And then a few, it took me a few days to tell my mom because I was just, like, I was so nervous. I was so afraid. I was worried. I was just kind of all over the place. So I'm going to school, trying to do good in school, and thoughts just consumed with the fact that I just found out a couple of days ago that there's a kid. And so one morning, I went in my mom's room, and I was like, hey, can we, you know, talk? And so she was like, yeah. And I told her. And all I remember was just this very blank look on her face. Like, she didn't really say anything for a few minutes. And then she asked how far along I was. And, like, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I haven't been to a doctor. I literally just found out, like, a week ago. Um, And now I'm telling you. And that kind of began a lot of conversations with her and with my boyfriend just about, like, what to do. And... He was on the, it's your body, whatever you want to do, like, I will support you 100%. You want to keep it, we'll figure it out. If you don't, we'll figure it out. Like, 
And I kept pushing and, like, asking, like, what he wanted because I really did want to know where he landed on this. Um, and he's like, I, I really don't want to tell you one way or the other because I don't want, like, to sway your decision. Like, if you want to do one thing and I want you to do the other, then you do this because that's what I want. He's like, I really, mm-hmm. like, whatever you decide you want to do, like, I'll support you 100%. Mm-hmm. And... So I had that conversation with him. I had several conversations with my mother, went to the doctor. um, And I think what landed me on deciding to terminate was the concern that what I remember overwhelmingly was like being concerned that at the end of the day, if he decides that he wants to roll out and his parents decide they don't want to help, like, this will end up falling on me and my mom. And um, I kind of took that and I was just like, man, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm like ready to put all that on me and onto my mom. Um, And, and, and they never insinuated that they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be supportive. That was just my thought process. Like, at sure. any point, they could decide they don't want to do this anymore. Sure, yeah. Um, and I think that was a large determining factor in my decision to terminate because I was just like, I just, that scares me. And then I was thinking about, you know, I'm supposed to start college in a couple months. It's like February when I find this out of my senior year. Graduation is May 28th. And... I'm just like, I'm supposed to be moving to Dallas. I don't know if I want to, like, change all of that. What happens to my life? Do I still go to school? Like, just so many questions and so many unknowns. And I'm 18, and I'm just like, I just don't know what to do. And he's not, in my mind, he's not helping me because he's saying, whatever you do, I support you. And I'm like, but I want to know, like, what you really want. Because I felt like that would help me to make a decision. I don't know why, but I just did. Like, I, I wanted to know what he thought. And so I decided. Well, I, have a, I have a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what, knowing that, you know, you're a Christian, like, what role did your faith play in all of this? Like, was he a Christian? Your mom a Christian? Like, knowing what I know is true of you now, like, did did that add to any of the tension of making your decision? Was it even an overwhelming thought at the time, um, you know, like at 18, like, well, what does my faith have to say about all this? Or was it more just like, you listen, practically speaking, this isn't going to work, you know? So this is where we're going. Yeah. So initially, my faith, I think, was a large motivator for me not wanting to abort or to terminate. And... I was just like, I don't think I want to do this because I don't think this is what God would want me to do. And there were some people in my space that gave me some pushback on that. And they were like, God don't want you to terminate, but he wanted you to be having sex. And I was just like, really? Like, is that the response? <laughs> like, that's already been done. And so I'm not sure that's the best approach, like, to throw that back in my face. Sure, sure, sure. Um, That's an interesting answer that I won't comment about. Okay. Um, So that was hard for me, hearing that, 
and then having to wrestle with that. Like, well, I mean, that is true. But, like, that does not really have any bearings on the decision I'm making right now. Exactly. Because it has already happened. And so then I think I started to feel some level of, like, guilt or shame because I was just like, I mean, they have a point. And it was just a lot of tension there. I remember, too, there were several teenage girls that had gotten pregnant or had had babies um, around the same time. And I was so afraid of disappointing all these people that were so proud of me and so looking forward to me becoming a doctor and looking forward to me, Raffinay, not being that girl. And when I say that girl, meaning the girl that was having sex and ended up pregnant before she graduated high school, walked across the stage pregnant, or had a baby at graduation. And I remember that being something I thought about too. Like, man, I'm gonna disappoint all these people that are looking up to me and expecting me to not be that girl. Sure. So how do you get to to the decision to to abort so i went to the doctor and in texas um if you're a minor they have to talk to you without a parent in the room to ensure that you're not being like forced to make this decision so i talked to the doctor got scanned found out how far along i was um and the doctor gave me some material they have to give you give you material for both sides of the argument you don't actually have to take it but they have to present it to you and so he was like some of this stuff is pretty graphic for like the pro-life side he's like so you don't have to take it but we have to give it to you so i didn't take any materials um i just went to my appointment talked to him and went home and i was like okay like i think that i'm going to abort because i still want to go to college I don't want this to follow my mom and me if they decide, they being the boyfriend and his parents, decide they don't want to help. And I feel like this is what most of the people want me to do. And so because I don't want to disappoint them, I think this is what I'm going to do. And you also have to, like, after an appointment, you have to wait at least 24 hours before, like, you can have a procedure done, at least in Texas. And so... Um, called the doctor, scheduled the appointment, opted to get anesthesia and like be asleep because I didn't want to remember anything about it. When the doctor was kind of describing to me the process, I was like, no, I don't want to remember none of that or be awake. And then like my life continued on, but it was, it was different. It was still really hard. It wasn't like, oh, this is over and back to life, back to reality, and everything is, like, dandy. Um, Which I've heard people say sometimes. They're like, oh, that's the easy way out, and you just get skip on and do life. And I'm like, I did not skip anywhere. Um, I had a really hard rest of the semester, like, in school, emotionally. I just felt like I was dealing with this stuff alone, and... To add insult to injury, like, (laughs) I found out after the procedure, my, the nurse called me and was like, hey, 
Um, work, we called in a prescription for you. The doctor saw something on your cervix that looks kind of odd. And so he took a sample while you were under and you have an STD. And I was like, the hell? And hmm. I was like, nobody said anything to me about him taking a sample. And like, mm-hmm. this is all news to me. Mm-hmm. And so the nurse is like, well, it's curable. Like you can take the medicine and it'll be gone. To the-. And I was just like. So then I'm, I'm again at work and I'm weeping. And I was just like, what is my life? Hmm. And it was overwhelming for me because n- not just because of the STD, but for me, my nurse just told me that my boyfriend has either stepped out on me once or been stepping out. Like, so there were lots of things for me to process sure. in addition to finding out this information. And I was just like, I just, I just, I just can't. Sure. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot to be processing. And, I, and, I, and I'm glad that you, you even spoke to the, the idea that some people, you know, whether you stand um, either, either side of, you know, it's, it's your choice, you know, it's your body, do what you want, or, um, you know, the other side of, hey, it's not your choice. <laughs> you get pregnant, you keep the baby, you know, we, we, we look to other options. Um, you know, I, I do think that there are people who are on the side of, you know, keep the baby who, or, who will say to people who, you know, get abortions like, oh, that's, that is the easy way out. And, you know, you're the, the selfish, they, they kind of, you know, calling people selfish and, you know, you're just thinking about yourself and, you know, you just want what's best for you and all that kind of stuff. And I know people who've had abortions um, and not one of them has ever celebrated, like, having the procedure and life being, quote unquote, easier. Like, you know, and I just think it's a, it's not a kind thing to say. I don't think it's a sober-minded thing to say if we really zoom out, but um, but there is a lot of like guilt and shame associated with it. A lot of depressive uh, states that come with making a decision like that. I think there's a, a, a period of grieving um, also because someone did die, <laughs> you know. And so it's like you I, I don't I wouldn't say that it's easier. And I, and I think that there's a, a level of grace that should be extended to um, those who have made that decision, whether they regret it or not because there's just uh there's 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 consequences to every choice that we make not not because you know oh well this it, because of the type of decision you made that there's a consequence no like every decision has a consequence and i think in this particular conversation there is a um there's a lack of grace around people who have made this this particular choice so i i just want to celebrate your your bravery and sharing your story and giving us such a candid you know um detailed conversation around around this because um it's hard you know and it, and it's heavy and <clears throat> yeah so why are you crying it just i get sad about it sometimes um yesterday was a really sad day and I don't always have 
very sad days on the anniversary year, even when I think about the kid. Like, but sometimes it is. And I think I hate that because this topic has in the past been very taboo in the culture, that people are so unkind and they are condemning and they attempt to shame people. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this kind of decision, in my opinion, is it's just a decision at the end of the day. It does not define who I am as a person. It doesn't equal that I'm heartless or that I'm selfish, like you said, or that all these other things that I hear people say. And I think because it has been taboo and frowned upon in the culture, oftentimes people suffer in silence. And I remember the first time I shared with someone that was like a friend of mine, but not a friend of mine when it happened. It randomly came up in a conversation. I had no intentions or plans of sharing it with this young lady. And after I said it, I was like, I don't really know why I just told you that. Because this is not something I just parade around like, hey, guys, you should know this about me. Sure. And in that moment, she looked at me and her eyes just like welled up. And she said, I share a similar story and I've never told anyone. And I was like, what? And in that moment, it felt like what I would describe as a God moment. Like, I couldn't explain why I had just shared this with her. It randomly came up. To me, it seemed random. But I believe that there was intention and purpose in it. And it was the beginning, I think, of... me trying to be sensitive to moments when I feel pressed to share or it just comes up, not attempting to stifle it because I don't know who may resonate with it or who may need to hear that. And, you know, I I felt shame on my own. I didn't need anybody else to try to make me feel shame. I felt guilt on my own. I felt regret on my own. I felt like less than on my own without anybody's feedback. And it took me several years to get to a space where I could walk freely in forgiveness and not allow that decision to continue to like hover over my head. Because for a while, every year on the anniversary, I would just be, like, in the pits. I could have had a great day the day before. But, like, the day would come up, and I would just be in the dumps. It would just be, like, instantaneous. Like, like this weight was on me. And I, it didn't feel good. And it wasn't because of other people doing stuff. It was just my own carrying of it and not feeling like I had space or people that I could share and talk to it about. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say thank you enough for, for just being willing to share, um, you know, such a candid story in the same way that you didn't know why 
you <laughs> told that girl that particular day. I have absolutely no idea why this is a topic on the Hard Combos podcast. <laughs> Let me tell you. I mean, of all of the things that you can have a heart combo about, this didn't make our list. And we have a pretty long list of things to talk about. And so I think it's, it is a God moment um, that we're, we're, we're discussing it on the, on the podcast. And, um, and that you were able to take us all the way back to kind of your perspective and mindset from your teenage years, you know, into your adulthood and even how it's impacting you now, 16 years later, um, as your friend, like someone who's walked with you for the last decade, you know, every year, you know, you, you would say something, you know, to the, you know, effect of like, man, I'd have an 11 year old. I'd have a preteen. I'd have a 16 year old right now, you know? <laughs> and, uh, for someone who met you after the fact, obviously it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, like you would, and you'd be the dopest mother, <laughs> you know? And, uh, as I see, you know, how you come alongside uh, the people that you love and, and even how you love the littles in your life now, because um, you've got like 26 of them. Um, for the record, y'all don't know, Raffine is um, a professional godmom. Um, <laughs> she takes applications um, <laughs> because she is everybody's uh, godmom uh, that that I know. She's the godmother of, of, of my child. And... Um, and so, yeah, like it, I, I, it, you know, I have so many, so many thoughts right now. Cause you know, I'd be wanting to go into a whole gospel presentation. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to debate whether or not I'm going to do that right now. But, but every single thing in our life happens for a reason. You do realize that if you look back and anything changes on any given day, your life is not what it is right now. Like it just, it's just how life works. Um, like God allows, you know, for us to know the people we know, make the decisions that we make good, good, bad, or ugly, right. To have the encounters that we have good, bad, or ugly, um, for a reason. Um, and, and both Raffine and I both believe that that reason is for us to know God and to know him, um, through son Christ and, and to know him intimately. Um, and so as much as I can he hear your story and know the amount of pain and grief that it has caused you and other people connected to you, I would not change anything about your story because had it not happened, you know, you don't get to have that conversation with that girl. You don't get to share your story on this podcast who knows how many hundreds, you know, of people will, will hear this and someone in, 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 in this listening audience, you know, be impacted by your story and feel like, oh my God, like I've never felt the freedom to share. Um, and I know, especially in westernized Christianity, um, the church in, in America has uh, been very unkind um, and lacked grace because we do this thing in America where we, we create tears when it comes to things that God does not like. <laughs> and so, um, and also known as, you know, sin. Uh, I said sin is a far larger uh topic than I have time to, to discuss right now. But if we, we have this list of things that God doesn't like, we think that be, in the, in that tier that abortion is one of those things that's like at the very, very top, along with like killing people and homosexuality and all of the other things. And, and if we just look at what we see in scripture, like, uh, the effect of sin on Christ as he like hangs on a cross and bleeds like for us, like 
none of those things that like, cause him to bleed like bleed more or less than the other. And so this idea that like, hey, have you ever had an abortion? Like, that's really, really bad. You know what I'm saying? But if you've ever lied, like not as bad. <laughs> if you've ever, you know, um, killed someone like that's really, really bad, you know. But if you've ever just had anger in your heart towards someone who cut you off in traffic, like that's not as bad. And in my and I would just like to, to say and set the record straight here that like all of it made him bleed and he had to die for all of it. His death had to had to be had for all of it equally. Um, and so there is so much freedom on the other side of um, decisions that we've made um, that we might regret um, or feel guilt and shame about. Um, and there's hope and promise in Christ that in a relationship with him, like he has bore all of our shame, you know, like through his, through his death on the cross, like I, we don't have to carry that cause he carried it. And there's so much freedom and victory that comes in knowing him and having a relationship with God and a hope and a comfort that comes in those times of despair and discouragement and in those low places. Um, there's a promise that he is with us always. And he was with you then <laughs> in that room when you made that decision and he is still with you now. And my goodness, if our relationship with him is contingent upon the decisions that we make any given day, then uh, none of us are are making it, <laughs> you know? And so that is the hope that we we carry and that we walk in um, every single day. Um, and I wish, I, I'm almost like, I wish we could do a part two because I would love to hear, you know, like where you're at now, you know what I mean? Like, and in, in how, how you're living victoriously, like day in, day out, how you're using your story to impact the lives of other people. Um, you actually have a platform that you just started on social media called Stuff Raff Says. Stuff Raff Says. Can you spell that for the people? S-T-U-F-F-R-A-F-F-S-A-Y-S. I was like, <laughs> where did I stop? <laughs> I was like, you better spell it right. That's how I feel Stuff every time I shoot. Stuff Says. I want to be called Raffinate. Don't call me Raff, but that's the... Okay. All right. Media. Stuff Raph says is, is the um, is the social media handle. But yes, there will be a second conversation coming around this topic of abortion and maybe other um, other taboo or heavy uh, topics that people aren't so quick to discuss. Um, but thank you so much again for, for just sharing. And I love you so much. And I'm so thankful for your story. I'm so thankful for your story and, and proud of you for being brave and for sharing it uh, amidst all of the listeners who I'm sure stand on all sides of the spectrum, <laughs> you know, like hearing this and like, what this girl talking about Jesus and she over here talking about this and somebody else who's like, yep, she going to hell and somebody else who's like, there's no excuses. Like, you know, like just all kinds of people who are listening and I'm like, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're sitting at the table and having the conversation. If you ever want to uh, share your thoughts and your opinions about things that we talk about on the podcast, guess what? You can send all of that to askheartcombos at gmail.com. That is A-S-K-H-E-A-R-T-C-O-N-B-O-S at gmail.com. And we will absolutely read it and would love to respond. I love having the conversation. So ain't nothing you can say that I probably wouldn't be willing to talk about. So if you have questions or comments or concerns, please um, send it to the email. We'll see it. We'll check it. Um, Thank you so much um, for listening to this episode. And, uh, yeah, I, this was a hard conversation. I was going to say it's not a hard conversation. I'm like, no, this was a hard conversation. Uh, 
But what makes it a heart conversation is the fact that you were honest, uh, you addressed a really, really, really big issue in your life. You were extremely authentic as you shared it. Oh, I thought about that as you were sharing. I was like, oh, maybe we're, at the beginning, I was like, maybe we're being too candid. But then I was like, no, this is absolutely rough tonight. <laughs> like she is being her most authentic self as she thinks back to what her life was at 18. You know, uh, there's no need to have this entire conversation in a very monotone, like, oh, I want to jump off a cliff of voice. You know, <laughs> like we could absolutely laugh at what is, what is um, ironic and funny and, you know, identify with those feelings and emotions in the moment. Um, but yeah, you were, you were authentic. You, you were real and transparent and very, very, very vulnerable. So, so thank you for that. Y'all welcome. <laughs> welcome. If that ain't Texas, <laughs> I don't know what is. Okay. So we're signing off um, from this hard conversation um, and heart conversation uh we love you until next time peace good job friend good job friend baby you know i'm a g i had to keep my tears in oh my goodness Whew. Get out of here then it started sitting in my throat it's like oh you don't want to cry you ain't gonna be able to talk <laughs> <laughs> Nah, thank you for sharing. So, 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 so good. Um, I'm glad our platform is not like a political one. <laughs> like, it's not a, like, uh, in the sense that there are things you can and can't say or things you can and can't talk about or perspective you can or can't have. Like, I'm so glad it ain't that. I don't know what the what the Lord has for us in the future if this all blows up and there's more exposure and whoop, whoop, yada, yada. But let me tell you, I just am thankful for where we are right now because I love being able to just talk candidly and say say all of the things, you know? So thank you. You're welcome. Because in part two, I'm going to tell them I ain't pro-life or pro-choice. Oh, really? I'm not. What are you? <laughs>